he is a big-time Jet fan, Kevin James. I was a running back in high school is that and right? college. This is when you realize the dream is kind of over. When you suck <laughs> at Division Three football. I think this podcast needs more cowbell. Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. Could have, he could have given me a forearm shipper there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Larry David. No question I could be an offensive coordinator. Remember the Dan Marino play against the, the Jets? Fake spike. The fake spike? I had that years before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest lockout-free edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Let freedom ring. Yes, indeedy do. It finally happened. The collective bargaining agreement baby was born, passing out cigars. On Monday, July 25th, a date in which, yes, Christmas did come in July. 136 days in the books. The collective bargaining agreement after the 136-day lockout born, although the born-on date really isn't July 25th just yet, there's still some outstanding issues, but I, 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 I choose not to believe that anything can go wrong moving forward. The lockout's over, people. I, I was accused of being cranky on the air, a little irritable. I was. I I was. It took forever for this thing to get done. Hearing over and over and over again how close it was. It's 80 to 85% done. They're going to vote on something. They're going to vote on this. They're going to vote on that. And then they finally vote on something. The owners voted on something that the players then said, we don't know what you're talking about. Talk about an O. Henry-like twist. That was last Thursday. Now here's the podcast coming out on this Thursday which I ask you to keep in mind as you hear the information that gets thrown at you throughout the rest of this program. It was taped on the Thursday of of the post-lockout week, day before free agency officially hit the uh, fan, if you will. Uh, this Thursday, different story. It's back. It's back. Thank the football gods. And to celebrate this, we've got a, a huge podcast, big podcast, Jason Lock and Four is information spot on from beginning to end. He said on March 4th, March 4th, if you remember, when they were in federal mediation and decided to extend it for one week to March 11th, the mediation, one more week, or at least one more day, that then they extended another six days to March 11th. He said on March 4th, this extension's the last one. The Players Association are not going to give another one. And all of us at the time were like, okay, that may be your information, but you don't know what's going to happen in the next six days. You have no idea. Sure enough, that was the last extension. That was Jason Lock and Four on March 4th. It was just the beginning of his streak of spot-on information that is still going on in this free agency period. We've got him on the show. Michael Lombardi, his, uh, his bona fides as an information man, a general manager, spot-on as well. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that may sound dated by the time you hear this. If it is, I beg your pardon. I got to tape this sometime. Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. What is it like being a player personnel guy? What is it like being a general manager right now 
when you've got to fill out your roster for training camp up to 90 people, you got to scour the undrafted free agents for the guys that you want and also beat back other teams for the guys that you want. The free agents that you need to re-sign on your team, restricted and unrestricted. The free agents that are going to be made available by other teams when they release them on this Thursday. Also, free agency for the unrestricted free agents starting at 6 o'clock Eastern time on Friday, the first time you can sign them on a dotted line. The whole week, though, you could start talking to everybody. What's it like trying to get for training camp in that respect? What's it like to deal with your coach and also the owner of the team as you're trying all the time to fit these moving pieces together? Thomas Dimitrov's going to join this podcast. This week, in the middle of the week, I was in New York City. It was a busy week for me personally. Uh, EA had another big event to launch the Madden game. Last two years, they've held a flag football game with Hall of Fame football players and celebrities in Malibu, California. This year, they recreated uh, they, they they created a football field in Bryant Park, Midtown Manhattan, right in front of the New York City Public Library. Dan Patrick and I call the game. You can see that game on August twenty fifth, uh, August twenty eighth. Pardon me, August twenty eighth on NBC. Dan Patrick and I called the game. Before we called the game, I sat down with Dan Patrick, my compadre, from the Sports Center days. The flag football game that we called, first time we did television in eight years. I got Dan's thoughts on all the issues going on in the NFL today. Dan Patrick will join the podcast, and two of the Hall of Fame players, one Hall of Famer, one future Hall of Famer, that were at this EA event in New York City, Barry Sanders and Marshall Falk together. Barry freaking Sanders and Marshall Falk together talking about what it's like to be a Hall of Famer, getting Marshall ready for the big day a couple of Saturdays from now, and also talking about what it takes to be a running back in the NFL. Who better to ask together than Marshall Falk and Barry Sanders? That is the podcast that I was able to cobble together by being in Los Angeles on television most of the time, talking about all the breaking news, flying off to New York, being part of this thing, and then coming back to be part of the free agent madness that's this week's podcast and at the end of the podcast we give away breaking bad dvds breaking bad dvds to the people who answered the uh, trivia question properly from uh, the end of last week's podcast when we had brian cranston on he left behind five dvd copies of season three of breaking bad we're going to give them away at the end of this podcast so you have to listen throughout you have to listen throughout so let's get this puppy started jason lockenfora who as i mentioned had uh Spot on Sterling, grade A information on this story throughout and uh, logging many minutes in front of the Players Association building in Washington, D.C. Good to have you back on the podcast, Jason. Good to be here, brother. I'm blushing. Can you say? No, because you're, you've got your makeup on. That's true. Because I, I yanked am, you out of, what, what do we call that? The free agent center? What, what is, what is that I'm being called it, right now? Uh, the what, free what? agent war room. I'm calling it the free agent man cave because I think I it's like a it. little more masculine. Well, the the you know the trophy behind you in the man cave. Yes, you know what that is. That's I, that's I, Steve Mariucci's championship trophy. I think from two years ago in our annual game day pick the game picking thing. yeah our our game picking contest, and <clears throat> whoever finishes last must buy the trophy for whoever finishes first. And I bought that trophy for Steve a couple years ago. Not because and I, but just sorry I should let you know I didn't finish last because I was so horrible at it. It's that when you are 
you know, Steve was up by about five or six games okay. or something like that. So you had to go for it in the last week. Right, I could have right, right. played it straight. I could have gone right, cover no, two. No, you got to go outside the box. Yeah. I could have gone cover two. I could have gone prevent and no. made sure I didn't buy the trophy. But, but you then put again, your I whole team on an island. Well, it's true. I had no. I would have had no chance to win the contest if I had played I that way. Understood. And I wound up buying it instead of winning it. I wound up buying it, and that's the way it goes. Yeah. But that's now part of the set dressing of your. I managed to take cave. it back to Baltimore with me. I don't <laughs> know. Can I? Amuch would I not. I kind of get the chills Steve just being is, around Steve it. Steve is very proud of that. He would not like it if. Yeah. It, no, if, I would. If it was I would rude. never take coach's trophy. But I, I assume it's a better climate-controlled environment than than the ones that you have been at throughout. Because yes. you, you were freezing your butt off in front of with mediation, Cara right? In March. In front yeah. Of mediation. I mean, literally, like toes frozen like it was it was pretty hardcore and then 125 brutal, degree heat index brutal heat in uh was that at june or july that at was july Ju- yes yes, yes. <laughs> see, they all it's all it, whatever i knew it was a month with a j right yes, so it, it's close enough and it, it wasn't is, january it, it's so. close enough it's close enough and 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 that was that's been the whole mantra the close but not not it's <laughs> still work left <laughs> to do working. well and here's and here's the the uh, uh, the ironic aspect of this thing the, the things supposedly done it's not done but there's still work left to do we don't have a league year yet i mean maybe it's august 4th maybe it's august 3rd i mean but what i felt the, you, you're, you're making me do the same no, stuff again Rich. well because you have been we will talking have me off a the league ledge. year you've been talking i just can't tell you, you gets exactly right you're like it'll get done it'll get done it'll get done and, and i apologize for being maybe uh, uh curt or, or nah, irritable you know, with you on good. the other hey, end of the other uh, other end of the it was uh, crazy for everybody yeah but so let me start with this then before we get in all the free agency madness. This is, I mean, it's not done with a capital D-O-N-E, but is there anything? Will they no. start arguing like, well, we're not testing for HGH. And the league's and well, we are going to test no. for HGH. We're, or you can't, you, you, commissioner, you cannot be the one sole voice yeah. on, on uh, discipline. And well, I have to be, you know, like, could the, is, is this going to get done? When Eric Weddle starts getting $8 million a year, it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no going back now. I mean, the owners right. are securing their rosters. Teams are in camp, and players are banking on this money in the league year. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, if it somehow fell apart, it would be full-on mutiny. Like, let's say it, it, it's not possible. I'm going to say it's not possible. Okay. So you're saying that I should concern We're too concern far down the road. Yeah. This. They'll have to figure it out. Because, you know, again, uh, the players, it, it, what's more of a red meat issue than the discipline? the discipline structure of the NFL where the commissioner makes a ruling uh, for off the field stuff on the field stuff there, there there's an appeals process that eventually does go back to the commissioner. True off the field though, commissioner makes a, makes a ruling. He appeals to the commissioner. Yeah. So do you think that's going to get changed? That gets changed. I, I think there could be some tweaks. I mean, one of the things I was hearing as this was getting put to bed in so much as it was put to bed was there could be a trade-off regarding HGH testing and some possible alterations to the discipline, the off-field discipline. That's the discipline. swap. That's the swap. That was hearing that was being talked about. Now, whether, you know, until this is all, we, we read the fine print, right. who who knows exactly, but those were the kind of things I was told were being talked about. And, and look, the commissioner is still going to play a great role in off, off-field discipline, but will there be some more, as the players might call it, checks and balances? It's mm. possible. Okay. So I, I can I can put my head on the pillow, right? I can rest easy. This is this is done, even yes. though it's not exactly. Done. And I will eventually rest my head on a pillow when free agency is done. But yes, well, that's sleep not soundly. Happen. Sleep sleep soundly. I, I don't know friend. when. The, I don't know when this thing. You're sleeping end. for two. Is that right? Me and you. Well, yeah. Hey now. Well, it's just, it, it, it's just great though. Isn't this great? I mean, it's this awesome. Is I'm fired up. It's like a great. constant adrenaline buzz. How 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 many how how many batteries for your BlackBerry do you? Have? I don't. I, I just I'm, one. I just have one that's constantly Dude. charged. So it's always like got to be charged. I know. I gotta. I, 
Because part of the reason why you're in this man cave now is because we've got some reception issues. Where I can on actually, my phone will actually work because we've got so much stuff flying through the air with 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 microphones and all that sort of stuff, wireless and yes, that you had to. That's why you're in your own man cave. Yeah. I like it. It's not particularly because I smell or anything like that, as no, far as I know. But you have to get your information. Feedback. And, and, yes. and you, you know, you mentioned Eric Weddle's contract. That was, I mean, that was stunning. David Cantor, his agent, I was joking with him the other day. I'm like, dude, 3% is not enough for that contract. You should be getting 5 or 10% for, for what? I mean, and Eric Weddle's a nice player, but my goodness, I mean, he's he's blew Ed Reed and Troy Palomalo out of the water. I well I I retweeted what Warren Sapp tweeted which was 8 million a year for a safety you can't pick out of a lineup. That's what he wrote. Now I mean you can go back and forth on 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 his worth but isn't Palomalo and Ed Reed going to go to the Roonies and Bashadis of the world and go, what's up yeah, with that? Yeah, well, I mean, Ed Reed is is on a year-to-year basis now as well, and he's kind of had some... some Because of his because of his health? Yeah, his health and his, and his age. I mean, you got the neck, you've got the hip, right. you've got just all the beating that he's taken over the years. You know, and Troy has been banged up recently as well, and, and I don't think he was right the last three, oh, four the games Bowl? and through the playoffs. No question. It was not, he was not right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Troy's, Troy will eventually get taken care of again, and I mean, Ed will have to see if year-to-year. I mean, if Ed Reed has a season this coming year like he did when he got off the pup list last year, mm-hmm. then the Ravens may have to ship him some more money. Now, the the one story, though, that definitely uh, uh, that everyone's going to be talking about for, from this week, uh, Kevin Cobb finally getting traded on, on Thursday, and uh, the amount of money that he is getting what what does his contract look like? Is this is is this the real money? Or no, is this, this is real. I mean, this is real money. I mean, he's going to average over ten million a year. Uh, it's five years. It's a max of sixty three point five, and twenty one million of it is guaranteed. Will it turn out to be three years and thirty odd million if it doesn't work out and they let him go? I mean, it, you know, you know these contracts. I mean, they're all three year deals. Year four and five generally are either to, for especially a player like him. If he's who they think that he is, they'll redo it by year four or five. He's outperformed the contract, and if he's not who they think he is. Then by year three he's out. So you know that's that's so NFL economics one hundred and one. Right. Uh, for but he, when it comes down here, it, it, it's so funny. The whole lockout is like he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Arizona's going to get him. There's even talk maybe Seattle's going to get him. And boy, what a huge coup that would be. Now that it's finally happened, you're hearing like he's only started seven games in yeah. his career. He's only won three times. You know, and 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 it suddenly it's just like which Kevin Cobb are they getting? The 2009 yeah. Kevin Cobb, yes. the 2010 Kevin Cobb. It's a lot of time doing that lockout to watch, do you nothing know, but watch film. No, I know that, but it's funny throughout the whole thing. It's just like this kid is going to be in a a, a catbird seat situation, yeah. either way, and he's going to be out of Philly, and he's going to be his own man. He's going to kill it now that they've gotten now that it's happened, and you hear the money. It's like. I mean, all that money for a guy who's only won yeah. seven games. Yeah, he started seven games, won three. I mean, how do you think that's going to work out in, in Arizona? Well, though? this is the reality. If you're waiting in to the quarterback market for a young starter, it's going to I mean ten million. You know, going in, that's it. It's, yeah, I mean, that's you're going to you're going to be playing around that number. You might be a little bit higher. You might be a little lower. But the kid's going to get ten a year. Um, he had a few things working in his favor. He has the the Andy Reid gold dust sprinkled in there. I mean, mm-hmm. when you get the Andy Reid sign of approval, it kind of helps you. <laughs> the Charlie Reed Whitehurst, right, had the Norv Turner. Yeah. I mean, who was Charlie Whitehurst two years ago? Who, well, who was he? In, in he he honesty, played a lot less than Kevin Cobb. In all honesty, though, I mean— A two and a the, three, well, basically. The of, for, the, the, Pete Carroll fell in love with him. I mean, that's yeah. about, not so much to the point where well, they go remember, ahead and get Tavares Jackson. There was a now. bidding war for Charlie Whitehurst, Bre- between, Arizona. Whitehurst between Arizona and Seattle. And because Seattle's pick was higher— 
That's why they made the move, so they could swap third-rounders and pick it up from Seattle versus Arizona. So, I mean, it's a crazy league in terms of quarterbacks. And when you get in, you know, you kind of, like, look at what Seattle did. You either kind of hedge your bets or you have to go all in. They hedge their bets with Whitehurst, right? I mean, the kind of money he's making is nothing like Cobb. It's a two-year commitment. They could It really could have only been a one-year commitment. And you're giving up the picks, but you're not all in. Then they're not sure on Cobb, so they bring in Tavares Jackson. Same thing. They've hedged their bets. They're not all in. Mm-hmm. The, the coordinator, Bevel, knows them. They knew they wanted to get Sidney Rice. Rice and Jackson have played together. So you get all that. But they're thinking a year from now, Andrew Luck or someone else in the draft. Oh, luck. How, how would Seattle get luck? How many teams will really be in the Andrew Luck sweepstakes? I mean, honestly, just go around the league. But, right? But, Seattle, but, Washington, Cleveland. But People have made their bed. No, I know that. Arizona's but, out, right? All the teams though, that drafted quarterbacks um, are out. But still, though, with 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 the new rookie scale the way it is, and we're going to talk about that with Dimitrov later on. That will change things. Somewhere. Well, uh, you know what I'm saying. That now the number one overall pick in the draft has some currency to it, figurative. I get not that. literal, but now now you now, I think you're going to see some trades. Somebody's going to trade up for that number one overall pick now because well, it's not assuming that, that much. Assuming that Denver or Washington or you know I I, I think Den, Denver huh? and Washington could be. Neck and neck for that thing. Are you serious? Well, Washington in a, in a well, tough spot how, right now. I, Well, here's the scoop. How is Washington not in? And I, I, I'm going to bring this up with Dan later on, Dan Patrick. How are they not in on any of this stuff, quarterback-wise? I mean, I think I just I I think I think I mean, the I, class I, of 2012 might be why. You know, I think what's out there they like more than 2011 at the time they're picking. How, you don't know if there's going to be a rookie wage system mm-hmm. that begins now or in the future. Kevin Cobb, the Eagles weren't going to trade them, Kevin Cobb, even if they liked them. They did the thing with McNabb. They've been searching for a young face of the franchise Is quarterback forever. No, Rick? but that's why they're just buying time. They're going the Seattle route. Like I said, if, if you want to get in, you, whether you take a quarterback in the top 10 or you trade for a Cobb, a guy who's considered a definite starter— a young starter is going to be around ten. But how? So the other the other way is the right. Tavares Jackson, John Beck, Rex Grossman school of thought, where a manager to get us through the year. Maybe maybe John Beck's like Seattle saying, "Hey, Tavares hasn't played that much. Mm-hmm. We kind of like him. Maybe we'll catch lightning in the bottle." The same thing they're saying with Beck. Hey, what the heck? We haven't seen him that. We we like what we've seen of him. He hasn't played a whole lot. Maybe we'll get lucky. And if we don't, we're aligned in twenty twelve where it's good to be, going to be a good crop under a new system. But you came to us from the Washington Post. How many years did you walk through the Washington Post? I was there 10 years. Okay. You, so who, you, you are intimately knowledgeable about, of this market. Okay. Yes. That's, how will Shanahan survive a season in which they wind up with the number one overall pick because of their record? How would he be able to, after that first year with the, with the, you know, uh, cardiovascular thing and <laughs> two and, minute drill, uh, right? And and the and how and how Kyle Shanahan is. You even heard Jamie Dukes make the joke on the air, which is very funny. Made me laugh out loud when he's talking about how, you know, what will Snyder think? Oh, what will Mike Shanahan? No, what will Kyle Shanahan really think about this? That if if will he be able to survive a season? Well, like a. Two win season, a three win season after that first year dud, he would still be owed twenty one million dollars, and I reckon to say Kyle is probably in there over north of one a year. So the package of them would probably be worth over twenty five. So the million. answer is yes. So you tell me. Gotcha. So, uh, so Cobb, you think will? I think he, he. I think he'll do fine, right? I mean, you got Larry Fitzgerald well, there. Yeah, I, Wizenhunt can cook something up. Right, that I mean, division. I mean, if you're in that division, you're saying, 
who are we really up against? I mm-hmm. mean, San Francisco's kind of going, they're doing the Seattle route, Band-Aid for a year yeah. at quarterback with Alex Smith. Seattle, we'll see. They won a division last year. Mm-hmm. How good are they? I don't think they know themselves. They're still evaluating their own personnel. I love what the Rams are doing. I love Sam Bradford. Just go look at the first eight weeks of their schedule. If they survive it, great. If right. they don't, for a young team that they really needed this, you know, like Tampa and St. Louis, young teams mm-hmm. on the come, I think they'll be hurt by missing all this practice time, missing all this time together. So if, if Kevin Cobb is just okay, then they're all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the eight wins could win that division again. And by getting a quarterback, now Larry Fitzgerald, Maybe you get him tied up long term. That's been the big issue, right? They've got money to spend. They're one of the four teams that's really going to have to spend to get up to that 90% threshold. Mm-hmm. Best way to do it is sign your own. So now there's a little more motivation for maybe Larry to get on board. I don't believe they're done in free agency by a long shot. They're, they're, re-eval- they're re- really realigning their offensive line. I think they'll be better there. We'll see what they do at running back. I still expect them. They lost Steve Breston to Kansas City. I still think they get a Malcolm Floyd or a Mike Sims Walker, someone else to to give them another asset there for Cobb. And you see, he doesn't have to be great. Seattle won that division last year. How great? How great of quarterbacking did they get? <laughs> they didn't even finish five hundred to do it. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not, and it's not like they had a like they were on the shoulders of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck, you know, he didn't have a great year, and mm-hmm. that's just the reality. Uh, I like the Breston move, by the way, by Kansas City. Well, Haley knows him well. And yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I like Steve Breston a lot. Obviously, I'm biased him being a Wolverine. Yeah. But I, I like him a lot. I think he'll be good. I mean, they got a lot of playmakers in Kansas City. Although Kansas City's been somewhat quiet other than Breston. The Bears, what are, the Bears have hardly, we haven't heard a boo or a peep. Out yeah, of, I mean, out they're, of Chicago. They're, they're, you know, they is may it, move Greg Olson. They're trying to move Greg Olson. They've been tied up with Olin Cruz, who's been there forever. And, and they'll, I, I'd be shocked if he left. I think they'll keep him. They're they're looking at the wide receiver market, but they're not jumping in. I mean, let's not forget what the Bears did financially the last couple of years. Now, you know, they had the Julius Peppers Cutler. contract. Yep. They redid Cutler. They Chris Harris was a great trade, but now they've got to redo that deal. So, but if if it, this is it's a, apparently, and I would agree, one of the greatest free agent wide receiver classes period that we will ever see, ever see. How do the Bears not pick anybody from well, this group? I think they How will, do they not but, get somebody you know, from this it, group? It could be Randy Moss. It could be a Burris. They could go that route. Um, we'll see. Uh, your man Braylon, I'm hearing I'm hearing him and maybe Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's got to do something now, too. They're going to have to spend some money somewhere. they lost Bryce. Yeah. So, you know, and, and James Jones from the Packers is out there as well, who all these central teams – I'm sorry, all these uh, yeah, all these teams in that division. From the old school. Yeah. You went all old these NFC yeah. North teams – are familiar with and, and see a lot of. And I can't imagine he's back in Green Bay. The market for him will be too strong. I had you know one agent who has a player in that wide receiver market tell me he thinks that Minnesota might get Braylon Ed Jones. So we'll see. I mean, Chicago was going to be a tough year. I mean, that, that fine, to do a whole lot financially. I mean, Julius yeah. Peppers, they made him the highest paid defensive player in the history of the game. I mean, right. That's not funny money. That was real. You know, and they they spent some money on Chester and and uh, you know to bring in Chris Chester and um, I'm sorry Chester Taylor. I got too many players on my mind. And they also you're nailing it though, Jason. Yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> to be able to to keep all of this stuff at the top of your your mind is is ridiculously impressive. Uh, I, I'm I, I I'm going to talk about these next two things right now in succession. So maybe uh, audio podcast producer Chris Law can remove them if they're dated. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Namdi and Kyle yeah. Horton. Okay, Uh, and as long as this segment stays in, we know it's still uh, up in the air. Namdi, when is Namdi pop? When does that pop? Is that why you're looking at your BlackBerry? Um, I'm just I'm looking at my BlackBerry just because you never you never bleep and know at this point. I know that. (laughs) 
Um, At least you're in a place where you get reception. And, and that, that helps. That's that's the first step. Right. Uh, all this is going to be done by 6 p.m. Friday. Really? Yeah. By the time we go to, uh, you know, Namdi? have our official list, we're already going to know what's going on. With Namdi? Yeah, I think with everybody. I mean, Namdi, Cromartie, Ray Edwards, the rest of these these few chips that haven't fallen yet. You mentioned Orton. You know, big trades, a possible OCU Manure trade, things like that. None of this like is going to go into the weekend? I don't think so. I mean, I no, I think the stories of the weekend will be who's not there. Uh, you know, whatever OC decides to do. Deshaun Jackson, uh, Forte in Chicago. Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. That's going to be more yeah, of the Yeah, but the new rules sort of prevent these guys from really digging in their heels too long. And the 30-day does. I mean, 30000 a day. When do these guys not get it back on the back end? They always do. I mean, Darrell uh, Rivas, you yeah. remember that whole thing last year, sure. how long he was out? Happened with Strahan, too. Remember when Strahan? Yeah, I mean, you're going to get it back on the back end. So they're not going to sweat 30000 a day. Um, but those are going to be interesting negotiations. And I think that will be the storyline. But the, even all the rookies. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton's done by tonight or tomorrow What morning. about New? So, so, so uh, Namdi. Namdi, where do you think he goes? Nostradamus. I, I, I said Houston for a long time. Houston is committed it makes the most to sense. making it happen. They need him in the worst They need way. him more than the Jets do. Um, you know, I think the money will be there with Houston. Okay. And Orton. Why, why is he practicing with the first team on Thursday? I well, mean, there's a little a, bit of a gamesmanship there yes, on both sides. Miami acting like, well, we have other options, and you know, maybe Henny's option? not Vince well, Young. I mean, is Vince he, Young. I'm option? sure that's what you'll hear. Vince Young, or, or you know, maybe they'll start talking up Mark Bulger all of a sudden. But they're playing that game, and Denver's playing the game of, well, if you won't give us what we want, what do we, they want? We can go with they want a two. They'd love to get a two. I think they'd settle for a three. That could move up to a two based on the performance of the of player, or if you extend him long term and you keep him around, then it turns into a two. And I think ultimately that will be the deal—a three that turns into a two. But they're not quite there yet. And the Dolphins, you know, when they kind of fished around on contract terms with uh, Orton, didn't mm-hmm. exactly hear everything they wanted to hear. But this—it it makes a lot of sense. Chad Henney's toast for sure. Well, if they get Kyle Orton, Chad Henney is there to back him up. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no denying that. I mean, they got to sell some tickets down there now. Like, they, they need to have a pizzazz oh, and an identity. Bush Bush. And that's why they were so in on Reggie Bush. And I've been talking about that for a while, sort of the splash factor. They brought in the celebrity owners. I mean, they're they're trying to create yeah. some sizzle down there. I mean, all people talk about is the heat, you know, and the Dolphins haven't been that successful. And, you know, they haven't been very flashy. They, they don't Their offensive side of the football mm-hmm. has not been good for a while now. And, and you kind of down there, you kind of got to give people a reason not to go to the beach. It's kind of like out here, you know, no. whoever comes to L.A. Let me tell you something about Los Angeles. Uh, people go to USC games in the pouring rain. And the, out here, pouring rain is like five inches of snow back east. I'm telling you. But at USC, NFL, was like the a NFL, dynasty. The NFL will take care of business out here. I'm telling oh, you. I don't have any debate about that. I'm telling you. Well, with a new stadium downtown. I mean, if they do this or, thing downtown, even out, even it. out, even out. Even the city of yeah. industry? Uh, to me, well... A lot of problems getting people from the from the coast. The high speed the trains, though, they're talking the about doing bullet trains. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, you ever uh, been on one of those? No, speaking fun. of speaking of the celebrity ownership, didn't J Lo and Mark Anthony uh, break up? I mean, that's yeah. Gonna I don't know a, if they that's split. Be I don't know. Do they that. each keep like a half of a percent of the team, or how did that? I'm not <laughs> Who sure. Who gets the quarter percent? I've been a little bit. Uh, that has not with that has issues. not been on your radars. No, saying. I can I, I have nothing to add to that conversation whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, are you enjoying this? Yeah, I it's mean, a this rush. Is, this is no, it, right? you live for this. You live for it. Yeah, it's it's is you know why I do what I do. It's exciting. Um, it's it's ultra hyper crazy competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more than anything else. It's it's fun. You know, you you, you are kind of keeping one eye on the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, anytime. But there you scratch one, one of these guys there off your list. One. There isn't. One. Well, no, I mean, but I mean, at least to like. 
say hi to my kids or something, something like that. I, I understand that. But even when all of this dies down, oh, it's there's a year-round business. There's no, going to be, there's no. gonna be a T.O. thing that's yeah. coming up deep in August, yeah. right? There's going to be all sorts of questions but, that come up in August of a yeah. lot of these guys that don't get taken right now. The, the, the perpetual news cycle, I get. But this is crazy. I mean, even by NFL standards, this is, this is bonkers. Yeah. This I mean, you've got nuts. teams that assign their entire free, their entire draft class in a matter of, I don't know, 36 hours. I mean, right. I don't ever recall that. Why, at the same time, they're setting record free agent deals with players. And at the same time, they're trying to renegotiate contracts and trade players. I mean, it's... This is a special kind of nutso. It's, it's awesome. I actually think we're going to be spoiled. <laughs> we go back to the yeah, normal. Yeah, now it's going to be know, boring. March. All we had is free agency in March. Oh, come uh, on. No. I mean, yeah. But I look forward to normalcy, though. Yeah. Great job. Ten years on. of normalcy. Yes, exactly right. Uh, unless, of course, there's some issues with what's still left. Oh, come on, dude. No. Say, I, I refuse to believe. I'm going to pretend you didn't even make that comment. All right. Jason Lockett for again. Great job throughout the entire Michigan. Thank you very much. Say, and... and uh, <laughs> We look forward to uh, getting back to normal here. But this is, you're right, this is fun. And we are going to talk about all that stuff about signing players in such a short period of time with Thomas Dimitrov of the the uh, Atlanta Falcons. But first, let's get to Michael Lombardi. Hello, Michael. How are you, sir? I am great, Rich. Football's back. I- I'm so happy to be on this podcast with you just to make sure that everything's okay and you're doing much better <laughs> well you, you know what I, I i think it turned out that you and i were just a combustible combination that <laughs> that we were on the set together throughout the whole decertification madness and then when you and i were together in the final week when we thought it was going to get done and it didn't i think it was just you and i were just a bad mix unfortunately well, I want to blame it on Gabe Feldman because once the lawyers <laughs> left the room, it got done. He did tweet that out, basically, that it, it was <laughs> it was his fault. But the bottom line is we're right, and we're back to business. And and almost as insane as the as the process is some of the transactions that we're seeing. And I, I have to bring this one up with you first since you know Bill Belichick as well as anybody else. Albert Hainsworth, a New England <laughs> Patriot, is that is that a mix? I think it's outstanding. I wrote about it for .com today. Look, Albert Hainsworth, even last year, was a talented player. Now, he doesn't play hard all the time, and he was not happy in Washington in spite of getting almost $50 million. But the reality of it is, is in the right scheme, in the right role, I think Albert Hainsworth can go back to what he did in Tennessee if he's handled correctly. New England picks him up for $12 million for the next two seasons. Washington paid all the guaranteed money. It's really no risk for New England. They look at him. If he doesn't comply, they only lose a fifth-round pick in 2013. And then they have Vince Wolfolk in the room to really help control Albert Hainsworth, get him to play better along with Pepper Johnson, a defensive line coach. So it's just another situation where somebody doesn't work out elsewhere and he's got a reputation of being a malcontent. And he's got a reputation. I mean, I don't even know if that's even the best way to describe Albert Hainsworth. And now here he is. You think it's just going to be coming up roses just like Randy Moss did, just like Corey Dillon did, just like everybody else who was supposedly a problem wherever he was. Then he comes to New England and Bill Belichick and the Patriot way just straightens him out. Is that just another situation you really think? Yeah, I, I think so, Rich. I think this is an opportunity when Albert Hainsworth is always dab the carrot dangling in front of his nose. He responds and even his biggest critics. I think what you could say about Albert Hainsworth is he doesn't play hard all the time when he turns it on and that when can go through stretches he is a disruptive force really one of the most unblockable guys in the league but that when again doesn't but let's go back 
Jim Washburn, the defensive line coach in Tennessee, who's now in Philadelphia, he would have loved to have him. Jim Schwartz, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, he would have loved to have him. So two guys that have coached him would like to have him. And then Philadelphia, they didn't want to send him to Philadelphia. There's New England sitting there. New England has has uh, Floyd Reese, who used to be the general manager, when they picked Albert Hainsworth. So there was a lot of things working in their favor. Mm, unbelievable. That's just, I mean, if he turns out to be as good as he has been with Vince Wilfork on that line and and uh, that kid Mayo behind them, I mean, that is a, that is a monster pickup for nothing, basically. A, a bag of shells, essentially, well, if this know. works out. Exactly. And you ask, how does he fit? Well, New England was the worst third down team in the league last year. Belichick's defense is always team specific. So if he has to play a four man line in a game, he will. But typically with their offense being so explosive, they can get the lead by getting the lead. It creates more nickel situations and I could envision really seeing Albert Hainsworth playing on first and third down, playing that role in their nickel over the guards and commanding double teams or beating offensive linemen one on one. He will be a problem. I promise you, Buffalo doesn't have anybody inside to block him, and the Jets will struggle to block him, as will Miami. But he also was known for the last couple of years. He, 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 he's thinking Hall of Fame. He's thinking he could be one of the greats of all time. He doesn't want to be a situational guy. At least that, that was the story. Again, uh, you never know until you actually meet the guy and, and interview him, which I'd love to do on this podcast. But, <laughs> I mean, he, 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 would, he would be fine with being Bill Belichick's situational guy. Well, no, I, I think situational is the wrong term. I think they would define a role for him on their football team and ask him to do what he does best. What he, does, what he doesn't do is play nose tackle. What he's not very good at is being set over the center and two-gapping. That's not what Albert Hainsworth does well. What Albert Hainsworth does well is move that big body and force somebody to have to block him. And Belichick is very good at asking players to do what they can do and, I, and I, what they do best. And I think that's what he'll do with Albert Hainsworth. And talking to a personnel guy, I'm sure you'll, you'll appreciate this tip of the cap. I think we should give a tip of the cap to Charlie Casserly today. And the reason why is on the very same day, Reggie Bush gets traded. Vince Young is released. And here he yes. I mean, Charlie once again uh, picking Mario Williams years ago and getting the heat for it. That guy is is now a, a crucial, still a crucial member of that defense in Houston. While now there are officially changes of addresses for both Bush and Young. I mean, I, I think you should tip the cap to the guy, right? No, no question. I mean, it's always, you know, people want you to pick a running back, the glamorous position. Charlie had issues with Vince Young's work habits. He had issues with Vince Young's ability to throw the ball in the pocket, proved to be correct. And then Reggie Bush, really, the definition of a situational player starts with Reggie Bush. I find it interesting. You know, Reggie Bush is now a Miami Dolphin. They were talking about going to, with Ahmad Bradshaw, but they chose Reggie Bush. And frankly, as I sit here, I think Ahmad Bradshaw would have been a better running back for the Miami Dolphins mm -hmm. than what Reggie Bush is going to bring to him. Well, I mean, it, it, Reggie, I think, has something to prove here, right? I mean, because he's also in, he's in a glitzy, glamorous place. He's, on, he's, on, he's bringing his talents to South Beach, where I guess the Dolphins are trying to, as uh, Jason Lock and Forrest said in the previous segment, trying to make a big glitzy splash uh, with some big-name players. Uh, is it possible that Vince Young could be joining him there shortly? 
I, you know, they've talked about Vince Young. Philadelphia's talked about Vince Young. I think Vince Young, in order for him to sign with the team, is going to have to go spend some time with the team. I don't think it's just going to happen overnight. I think there's a lot of issues that teams have heard about Vince Young that need to get resolved. There's not a lot of people standing on a table saying, we should do this. Let's take Albert Hainsworth, for example. There were people saying, if you do this with Albert Hainsworth, he can respond. I'm not sure there's anybody saying if you do this with Vince Young, he will respond. And uh, on the subject of Vince Young, this was you earlier on NFL Network Television, Michael, uh, in your NFL Films office with your microphone on, unbeknownst to you, while you listened along with the rest of the country to Jamie Dukes hold court on his thoughts on Vince Young's future. No. They, they, they know they're kicking him out the door. Where was he supposed to go to be the leader of what? What? South Texas uh, State and Austin's football team? I mean, he had no place to go to be whatever he was. The facts are what's going to happen. He was quiet when they made that move with, with Kerry Collins and Kerry Starr. He's so off on this. He, you have no idea how off he is on this. <laughs> that is the voice of, uh, of Michael Lombardi out there. Uh, I like that, man. <laughs> so off, Jamie. That's not even close to the reality of the situation. It really isn't. I didn't know I was on camera, but I got to tell you, first of all, his misbehavior in Tennessee is legendary. Now, I know you name him V.Y. I know he's got this nickname, but he really hasn't earned it. I mean, no time for study, no time for preparation. I mean, the reality of it is, if he signs in Philadelphia, there's not one soul in the stadium that's going to think he's going to be competing with Michael Vick. He won't be Kafka out. Now, how about that, Michael? Lombardi. I mean, you, your mic was open there. They got me, Rich. They no, got me you're bad. always you live, know, really... but you're sitting. So you're sitting there listening to Jamie Dukes. <laughs> well, I sit in this video booth here at NFL Films for a godly amount of hours. I, I have now become the Jerry Lewis of television here, and and I sit here and I heard him, and I just reacted instinctively. Thank God I didn't curse because I typically would do that. <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm just thankful. Today I I, I breathe a sigh of relief that I didn't actually curse. You're always uh, live. But uh, but that was your point. I mean, hey, listen, we had Fisher on the podcast last week, and he, you know, I still want to hear the real story. He wouldn't, you know, I hammered at him, I hammered at him, I kept at it, trying to get, you know, hey, uh, this guy drove me nuts, and I don't want to – you know, denigrate him, but blah 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 blah. He he wouldn't do it. He still he he still will not tell you exactly what happened specifically, other than what you know in the in 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 the press about what was going on with Vince. And and I guess is is that a prevailing thought, or is it just the typical? All you need is one GM to just or one coach to say I'm taking a chance. No, the Vince Young stories, uh, unlike what Jamie has heard, are legendary throughout the league. His lack of commitment, his lack of really wanting to be involved, his lack of preparation for the game, studying the playbook. You know, they've done everything in their power to try to make it work in Tennessee, running option plays and all that, but they just got frustrated with them to the point where they just couldn't go any further, And, and even the owner who was everything about Vince Young, who wanted to prove the Houston Texans wrong because Bud Adams lives in Houston, couldn't take it anymore. There was no defense of Vince within the building, even when Jeff was there and when Jeff left. So Vince has got to reestablish himself. You know, Vince's reputation for wanting to party, going to South Beach, is not 
is not what star quarterbacks or Super Bowl winning quarterbacks typically like to do. And I think he's got to repair a lot of damage that has been done. And I think Jeff is just being very politically safe by not saying anything. But the word around the league is not too hard to find out. Mm. Well, we'll see where he winds up. I mean, but you think he's going to have to go on a free agent tour and he's going to have to meet people face to face. And and that's the way he's going to get a gig. Yeah, because I think, you know, I think what Jamie was saying is there is a perception that Jamie gets and Vince Young has that he's a star in the league and this 31-17 winning percentage, how could he be on the street? And that's not the reality. The reality is Tennessee won with be able to rush the passer, Chris Johnson and Vince making a play here and a play there. Nobody went into the game saying we got to take Vince out of the game. Everybody went into the game saying force the guy to throw the ball in the pocket, we'll win the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big difference. And Chris Johnson, I don't know if he if he heard his own uh, potential holdout case, but he's I don't know if you heard this. He, he's tweeting Adam Schefter uh, asking if if the Titans can go get Braylon Edwards or, or Mike Sims Walker. <laughs> Does that hurt your holdout case when you're tweeting uh, information men wondering if your team can go out and get yourself a wide receiver? Well, may, maybe maybe he's actually acting as the general manager and he's going to renegotiate his contract while he <laughs> right, signs Bill and Edwards. Maybe he could, see, he could <laughs> re-sign himself, insert, his, exactly. insert the figure. Uh, how, how does this wind up? Because uh, you and I went back and forth saying how st- t- so many teams have to spend uh, much more against the cap than ever before and that teams are going to use this as an opportunity instead of spending money uh, crazily on new people to the organization that they're going to re-sign their own. Uh, is this is – this, would the Titans really – go head to head with Chris Johnson on this matter again I think they should I think they should just call him in and say look Chris come to camp we're going to negotiate this deal will you will have a new contract before uh, let's say the second preseason game we're going to negotiate this out you have to be in camp it's important for you to be here but we fully intend to make you in the top five running backs in terms of average per year I think that's the conversation because the young man is clearly outperformed his contract he clearly has outperformed Darren McFadden who was the first back I think picked in that draft in the same exact draft as Chris Johnson so you know I think it's time for him to be rewarded you know I think Frank Gore who also is holding out doesn't have as strong an argument with the 49ers as Chris Johnson does each holdout is unique each holdout has different circumstances Deshaun Jackson clearly has everything he's done everything within his power to outdo his contract. The Eagles typically like to do young guys' contracts in their second and third year. They feel like they get a discount when they do that. However, Deshaun Jackson doesn't want to give him a discount. He wants full freight, which is why they haven't been able to get it done. So I think Deshaun and Chris both have powerful arguments. I think Frank Gore's an outstanding player. I'm not sure he has the same. If I told you before the uh, lockout was over that both Steve Smith and D'Angelo Williams would stay put in Carolina, what would you have said to that? I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked. I, I, I thought Steve Smith really had had enough. This morning I reported that he met with Marty Herney, and he sat down with him and felt very comfortable, and he's got two years left, making about $14 million. I thought he was going to be a trade. I thought he was going to be an asset that the Panthers used. But what I didn't calculate, the Panthers think they're a lot better team than the worst team in the league last year. They think they have a lot of young talent on that roster. They think they can turn this thing around fairly quickly. I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, but how do you sell that? to Steve Smith, though? I mean, uh, is it just, hey, we got Cam, you should you should be part of uh, the renaissance here, and we, we kept D'Angelo, we spent on him, we're going to spend some more, so what do you say? Was that basically the pitch? 
Well, I think the other pitch is Steve basically has kids. He didn't want to take them out of school. You know, we never factor right. in the home life into some of these decisions, no doubt. which is really important. Well, in that and, respect, you know, you know, in that respect, you know, I was surprised. Uh, Hasselbeck, I mean, he's moving all the way across the country. He's got three little ones up there in Seattle, where where he and his wife have a wonderful life up there in in uh, in Seattle, and now he's going to Tennessee. So, I guess there's lots of situations like that. Yeah, they're all different, and I think ultimately, you know, Seattle and Matt had kind of come to the end. I didn't think he liked – he didn't believe he liked what he heard from their offer. So sometimes the team tells you what they think about within the offer. But Steve Smith was under contract. He's there, and now you've got to operate. You've got to move. You've got to get a different setting. You know, change is not something that's really comfortable. I mean, Reggie Bush struggled with the change, even though he didn't want to take a pay cut. He was due to make $11 million this year with the Saints alone. He signed a two-year contract, Rich, that doesn't make $11 million. So he took a pay cut, essentially, to go down to Miami, and he still went, even though he didn't want to fight, he, fight, he fought the change, mm-hmm. but he had to make the deal. What do you think of McNabb's move to Minnesota? A lot of people think that really was his only move and, and that, uh, thank goodness, he was able to make it. How do you think that's going to play out? I think Donovan, a little bit like Vince Young, has to look at himself and say, how can I make Donovan a better product? I think Donovan is at that point where a lot of Minnesota quarterbacks have been where they resurrected their career. I mean, Randall Cunningham won MVP up there. I think it's the same situation. He's got to go up there really with the same hunger that he came in the league as a rookie and try to take this bull by the horn and show people that the Washington experience was an aberration, not not who he is as a person. And I think he's really got to go up there and play well. I think it's really important for him to lead the team, to be an extra worker, to be a hard worker, to demonstrate that he's got all those skills that the 49, that the that the Redskins say he doesn't have in terms of leadership. And uh, Carson, is he is he is that it? Is that is, is that the when's the next time we see Carson Palmer? Well, you know, unless he's giving you stock tips, I don't know what Carson's <laughs> going to do because Mike Brown's not moving. We've said this all along. What a press Mike conference Bra- that was this week, huh? Well, that's classic Mike Brown. I mean, you know, he's very smart. Mike's very tough. He's, you know, some people like to say he's uh, he's stubborn. He would probably say he's committed. Uh, You know, he just thinks he's right and he believes he's doing. Now he owns the team, so if he goes five and eleven with Andy Dalton, he's not going to fire himself. (laughs) Seems like you've been in that situation before, Michael. Yes, I have. Yeah. (laughs) You think differently when you're an employee as opposed to you think when you're an owner. So then Carson is, is just chills for a year. I mean, what is how much longer would he have to chill before he's he's through and he's and he's done with whatever? Uh, forever, forever. For unless he if he wants to play football, he has to play it in Cincinnati. Now he could come back to Cincinnati and basically they could cut him, but. Every road leading back to playing football starts and ends in Cincinnati. So his his best scenario, if he if he deep down is sitting there saying, you know what, I, I do love hanging with my, my young kids, but I still feel I should play football. His best scenario would be would be for Andy Dalton to kill it, crush it, do very well, where he's clearly the kid of the future and he's the quarterback. He's the number one guy, undoubtedly, and then Carson just shows up far like hello. Is that basically his best-case scenario to force the the hand of Mike Brown? Exactly. I think so. I think that's his only chance. And if he does that, I'm I'm still not sure Mike Brown would let him go. Right. Uh, And speaking of Favre, get the horn ready, Del Tufo. Get the (laughs) horn ready. Hold on a minute. You got to get the horn ready. We're going to get the horn. Uh, Cobb is now gone. Does that really open the door for the horn? Does that open the door for, for the horn? 
for the far. We're not going to hear the horn in Philadelphia. I, you know, it That's, was a bad the... story. We missed you over the weekend when we had that story. We wanted to get <laughs> the. I mean, and it was so appropriate because football was coming back. The horn was coming Let's out, hear and the Scott horn. Hansen was going to be dispatched to the front steps of, of Brett Favre's home in Hattiesburg. What could have been a better trifecta? It was the perfect storm. We need the horn. There it is. That 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 was dead on arrival. That story, right? That was that was that was. No how about, how about no this? How about this? How about that? That story was as dead as the animal that provided the fur for Howard Eskin's coat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't know where Howard got that one, but it wasn't a good one, and I don't think it ever had legs. It might have been a theory, not a story. Right. So so who is? Do they? Uh, I guess let's go full circle. Then is Cat? Do you really? Uh, with a guy like Vic, who, as we all know, is just one scramble away from uh, from a, a good couple of weeks off, uh, is Kafka really the guy that they're going to go into the season with in Philadelphia? Well, I think they're going to. I, I, I think they're going to look over the market. I could have seen him going after Bruce Gretkowski, but he signed in Cincinnati with a chance maybe if Dalton's not ready to start, so mm-hmm. that's a better opportunity. Maybe they bring Vince Young in. Maybe they bring Vince Young and put him as the backup, try to try to see if they can resurrect his career as they did. You know, people try to compare what Vince Young's at now with where Michael Vick was. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick's career needed to get his legs underneath him. He always had a good career. His play on the football field was always very good. The problem was nobody was sure his legs would come back after spending two years incarcerated. Vince Young has to get his career back. They're completely different situations. Um, and lastly, Burris, uh, John Mara, the New York Giants owner, uh, saying on the radio Thursday that the team is, quote-unquote, a long way away from having a reunion with Plexico Burris. Um, a lot of people are excited about that opportunity in New York for him, but uh, where do you think he eventually winds up? Boy, you know, I, I was thinking St. Louis, Rich. They need a receiver – Josh McDaniels throws a ton of stop fades in his offense, and that's one of the routes Plex Burroughs could run. But I think before you jump to the team, I think people are going to have to look at him and see where he is health-wise, where he is leg-wise, what kind of condition he's in. I think he's going to have to go through the gamut physically and mentally to see. Everybody says he's really done a great job in terms of his conditioning, his work ethic, all that. But I think he's going to have to show some teams this contract he's going to get is not going to be a bonanza contract. He's mm-hmm. got to go somewhere where it's going to be incentive based where he can then earn those earn those dollars through catches and performance you're the man michael lombardi i mean you've been talking for hours and hours and days on end and uh we here's here's the whole thing we we just hit probably what only a third of the league in this conversation and it's the and the other it's not because the other two-thirds aren't doing anything you you just can't cover it all right now it's happening so much it's ridiculous you know, it's, it's so many balls are in the air. Typically, we have free agency slow down. Then we have the draft. And then we have the, the, the mini camps. And mm-hmm. I'm going to hold out season. And now we're having them all wrapped into one. Oh, so it's very difficult, time. but it's a lot of fun. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God it yes. happened. You and know? 10 more years. That's the best thing, Rich. We never have to talk about it for 10 more years. Isn't it great? <laughs> but as we talked about it with Lock and Four at the top, there's still some work left to be done. It's like the ultimate – it will never not – in year seven, they'll say the CBA is still close, but we're work left to be done. It's, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But this is going to get cleaned up, and we're going to just not even talk about it ever again. I'm happy. I'm excited. What, what, what a great season this will be. I, meet, I agree with you. Michael, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks, again. Rich. You bet. That's Michael Lombardi on the Rich Eisen Podcast. All right, now let's get a uh, general manager's perspective on all of this craziness. What in the world is it like 
Thomas Dimitrov returns to the Rich Eisen podcast, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. Good to have you back on the podcast, sir. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, given the situation. Obviously, it's been very, very busy, and, and we've been moving quickly through a lot of different moves. But hopefully, we'll have some we'll have some successes here soon. Well, let's let's get to the. Uh, I want to get to basically remove the hood on this process. How much sleep have you gotten? Let's start with that one. Very, very little. And actually, been staying over the dorms here, trying to. I'm I'm thinking about getting home, but I can never get home. And I'm not eating eating well either. So, I'm, I'm so, so yeah. I mean, because we've we've been through this before. Yep. I mean, you're 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 not exactly. Are 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 you a vegan, or you're you're sort of halfway there, or something like that? I mean, uh, I'm I'm what you call now a pesca vegetarian, and that would be eating fish. But I, I don't mean to educate your your fan no, base. No, please. The, no, this is important stuff. I mean, this is important stuff. How, so how can so you are basically essentially chilling at Flowery Branch? You're living you're living at Flowery Branch right now. Living at Flower, Flowery Branch, you know our our, our people here, um, our chefs, they're great, very accommodating for everyone, and and it's and it's great. And I just happen to have myself all set up with a drawer full full of groceries to keep me there. Keep you me, go because uh, because again, you're again educate me on this. You're you are attempting to fill out a ninety person. Uh, roster list for training camp, correct? I mean, you're doing you're doing that. You're also monitoring free agency, your own and others, and things of that nature. I'd love to get an idea of exactly how you're going about your business here. Yes, yes, Rich. What it is is we have 90 people we need to uh, fill as far as roster. We had 54 players under contract coming in. We had to sign 22 college free agents, which was 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 mayhem in the sense that it opened at a certain time at 7 p.m. Uh, on Monday, I believe it was. Geez, it's all it's all a blur now, and we were able to start negotiating and 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 trying to get this college free agent signed. So that's the 22, and then we had to have our draft players in. We have to get our new draftable guys signed, which we're working uh, diligently on right now. So so basically, we had 22 college free agents that we needed to sign. And then we needed to move on to our own unrestricted free agents that we needed to sign, um, as well looking into the market for potential free agents and potential cap casualties when that time comes. So we have a lot of irons in the fire. We have a lot of uh, depth people working very hard in so many different departments to make sure that we can accomplish all of this in a, in a rather um, expeditious manner. And technically this all started a couple of Fridays ago. When you 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 were part of the tutorial that took place in well, at least it was a home game for you technically in Atlanta when they had the owners meetings there, is that is that when you were really being first brought up to speed on the collective bargaining agreement or did you have somewhat of an idea of of the parameters of the new way of doing business before even then? Well, that that was when it really you know it really came to to the forefront for us. I mean, we have heard rumblings about it, but that day was the the labor seminar was good for all of us to be in there as clubs to listen to the league personnel, uh, you know, talk about some of the specifics. And now, as you know, um, we we weren't. Uh, we weren't specific on a lot of different things. There have been a lot of questions and a lot of issues that needed to be taken care of since then. So we've been in flux. So, again, uh, I stress all the time, the NFL is about adaptability. And if you can't adapt and you're going to complain and, 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 and uh, you know, get all sideways about not having everything in line, then I think you're going to lose. So you need to be adaptable. And I think we've done a nice job here uh, personally and, and uh, humbly speaking as an organization to be adaptable. Well, and let's, let's start about with, with that. Did you? 
at least you knew you knew you had to be adaptable, but you at least needed to come in to this whole madness with a plan saying these are the undrafted college free agents we're going to go after. These are the guys in free agency that we're probably going to be looking at. These are the guys that we're willing to re-sign on our own team. And you had that basically maybe in your top right-hand drawer of your desk. And then last Friday when you saw it was coming is when you sort of took that out and broke the tape on it and got ready to go. Is that is that essentially what happened? Or, or... Yes. Okay. That's, that is essentially what happened. We were we had, were prepared through the whole offseason. We were very, very focused on where we needed to go with our roster, where we needed to add, where we needed to possibly make moves. We're going to have some difficult moves to mo- make to make sure that we get everyone signed. There's no question about that. Um, we have, uh, as I mentioned, Les Need and our personnel department are a very adept personnel group. They're very prepared. They prepare Smitty and, and myself well to go in and make our decisions as far as providing us with the right information. Uh, we have a, you know, a very adept contract negotiator in, in Nick Polk who's working very hard to make sure that he and I work together while we're doing all of these different things. We're talking about getting free agents signed, 22. We're talking about getting all of our draft choices signed, six. We're talking about all of the unrestricted free agents on our team trying to get signed. So he, uh, he and I are in conversation all the time. Oh, and by the way, we're still trying to get the scheduling set and talk to Mike Smith uh, different times during the day. It's a busy time. I know I'm speaking fast, and that's kind of where no, we great. are right now. When you mean scheduling, you're talking about for just training camp, period? We're talking about, yeah, that's been a, a major uh, discussion point. How so? How, how, well, think about this. We try to get all of these players, at this, this 90-man roster, in, in, through the physicals today, for instance, because we open up today and then tomorrow is when we really start our practices, but we need to decide on how many practices. Uh, obviously, there are new rules, and we're trying to change and adjust on the fly. That's got to be difficult for a head coach. Again, Mike does a great job with that, and, and, uh, but he and I have been talking a lot about that while we're still talking about you know, potential signings. So uh, it's been interesting. With, the, with, with your drafted players, the new rookie system, uh, is it easier to, to sign these guys without a holdout? How, how are you finding the new rookie rules? Because I imagine that's got to be the real first order of business because it seems free agency is, is, is the similar way with franchise tags is the same. It's just the cap has changed and how much money you have to spend in the cap. The rookie system is a completely new ball of wax, correct? The rookie system is a new ball of wax, and the rookie system has been very beneficial for, I believe, both sides to, again, get to a spot where we can get through these negotiations fairly quickly. I think we're moving along very well right now. We have uh, three of our draft choices signed uh, at the back end of the, the draft choice uh, numbers, and we're moving towards, you know, number one, in which, you know, we obviously need to get Julio Jones in here as soon as possible. I think it's going to move along very, very smoothly for most teams. I think it's it satisfied its purpose as far as uh, restructuring that. So you think rookie holdouts are a thing of the past? I, I, I do. I really do. What about holdouts in general? We're already seeing a couple. It, 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 you, you don't seem to be uh, struck with this problem. But we're already seeing uh, Chris Johnson, Tennessee, Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia. You're already hearing these rumblings. But there are new rules that are put in place in terms of uh, uh, the, the amount of money you can find them. It's up to $30,000 now. $30,000, correct. And then, and then if they don't come in 30 days before their first, before your first regular season game, they don't get an accrued season toward free agency. Isn't that correct? Those are two, yes, those are two very big issues that, that they have to get their head around uh, if they do decide to hold out. And I, so I think that's going to dissuade. I really do. Now, we're, again, very, very fortunate not to have that situation, at least as of yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but do you think that, that holdouts in general, 
uh, are going to be a thing of the past in this time of year? Uh, I don't know about a thing, a thing of the past. I think sometimes there may be a holdout because if it's a blockbuster deal, as, as odd as this sounds, $30,000 a day may not be as big of a deal because it may be worked back into the contract. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but that could be the contemplation. So I will be interested to see how that all how that all pans yeah, out. Yeah, don't but don't most players who hold out essentially think ah they're not going to really find me when it's all done <laughs> when we when we finally hammer out this deal. Well, there is some of that as well. There is also some of the idea that hey, if I if I'm going to be fined, I want to put some of that into into charity anyway. I might as well do it on uh, you know on on this uh, platform. Hmm. Interesting. So, where I guess where are you at this point in time as we're getting set for free agency? Do you have a list of guys basically that when the gun goes off at six o'clock Eastern on Friday night that you're going to be making uh, a call? But you can already speak to these guys already, so it's not really like a normal year with free agency, right? Right. That's that's Rich. That's been very beneficial to have this this these few days in here to to really get into you know, some very hardcore negotiations and discussions. I mean, obviously no deals can be signed until Friday at 6 p.m., but we can get we can get closer to agreements, and, and, and that's been a good thing. And I think we have, yeah, we have a list. Rich, we have a list of, of guys we're targeting. Uh, I, I can't stress enough how, enough how important it is for us to get our unrestricted guys signed first. That will always be, you know, our philosophy here. If, we, if we've done the right job drafting and acquiring through free agency, and we want to re-sign, we want to make sure we try to get our guys sign if we've done it if we've done the right job so that doesn't mean we would not go out and look in the market because we've done that as you've seen every year we did it with michael turner year one we we basically did it in free agency though it was a trade with tony in year two dante robinson in year three here we are in year four um and and, and we're looking and the other thing i mentioned a little earlier there are cap casualties that will be coming around in time as well that may present some interest what do you think that's gonna look like don't, don't you think that that Many people think that that's going to be the biggest market because of two reasons. One, the the rules may wind up forcing more cap casualties and more quality in the cap casualties than usual. And two, is that it's going to take a while for that to sort of sort out. And a lot of people are going to be sitting back waiting to see what that looks like, meaning free agency might not be as crazy as we expect. You you hit the nail on the head. There's I no like question. when I hit the nail on the head, Tom. <laughs> well, so to speak, right? You you <laughs> right. And, and and all of that stuff. But <laughs> in the end, I think there there is no question in my mind uh, that there are going to be more cap casualties. There are going to be some very good football players that are available. And fortunate for them, they're going to have to be looking for other teams. But fortunately for some of us, we may see positions and, and players that we didn't expect. Now we we project just you know for you and your fan base there, we uh, we project who may be cap casualties, you know, how many come to fruition, we're not sure. But we do project, and most teams will. They'll know that there are going to be X amount of DNs, X amount of linebackers, receivers, etc. And they're, you know, kind of wringing their hands, hoping that some of those come available. Is that so? How do you scout somebody else's organization in that respect? How well, do you do that? Cause you, you, I think, you know, again, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast with you, and, and I, I'm so fortunate to be on <laughs> the third podcast. I was about to say this is only your second one not on speakerphone. Yes. Uh, 
Um, you, you know, most, again, pro, pro scouting staff, that is their duty and their responsibility to make sure they know the league inside out, to know, you know, the strengths of each roster, ostensibly the strengths of the roster, and where moves, project where moves may come about. So we have to be ready in case X, Y, and Z come available and it may be a, an interest to us. Obviously, there's never any tampering. It's not, you don't reach out to any of these players, but you have to be ready the time that that happens that you're able to go out and, and, and you know, make your move. So it's all about preparation and anticipation. And uh, how does that affect how you negotiate with your own guys, that, that, that you scout others and say, we think this person's going to be a cap casualty, and, and that position that you know uh, if things don't work out to a certain extent with the way you want to re-sign somebody and your current organization at that position, do you sometimes – do you sometimes let that affect the way you're going to have your own negotiation with your own person? I think it, it enters your mind if, if you realize that you're coming to uh, or you're at a spot where it's, it's a, you're at a sticking point, you're at loggerheads with an, uh, an agent on a, on a certain deal that you actually think, well, if we don't get this deal done, unfortunately, there still is a market out there for this position and there are potentially five to ten that will be available, we'll find someone to satisfy this. Now, you, we don't want to get into that spot because we want to sign our players, um, but it does help at times when you, when you can project and, and feel comfortable with your projections. When do you think this is going to end? You know what I mean? Like, when do you think you're going to feel normal? I mean, give me give me a part of the preseason. Will, will it at all feel normal at all this preseason? Do you think, or we have to wait to the regular season? Do you feel normal with your whole process and getting everything settled? I, you know, I really believe that it's going to take you know it's going to take a few days. I don't think it's going to take that long. I think as we start getting into our uh, our role on on uh, training camp practices and we get more and more comfortable with the new rules and the, the setup with uh, padded practices and unpadded, and no shells and such, I think we'll get into a role. And I don't think it will be that long. And by that time, hopefully, you have your your rosters intact and and you're ready to go. This is the most precarious time right now, I believe. Let's get rolling on some of the practices. Let's get the schedule sync. And I, and I think that'll feel a lot more comfortable. Is that settled in terms of what's considered a padded practice? Is that actually settled? You know what? I, I believe it is, at least as it stands now. And, and I haven't been over to talk to Mike Smith in about an hour. So I, I, I hope that no, nothing cause, has cause changed. Because Belichick said that he said that in his Thursday press conference that the rules are changing hourly is how he said it. Yeah, and is that is that the case right well, still? Well, I, I think I think at one time there there were some hourly changes. I think we're settling in right now, at least for the next few days, that that we feel very comfortable where we are. Uh, but but we're all very cautious to know that things could change. And again, this comes back to you know being adaptable. I used the the line the other day, and and I don't think people took uh, took to it as much, at least in the, the the world of football. But it was more of a, a Zen analogy of being that piece of driftwood in the the rough waters and have to deal with it a little bit until you get through to the calm waters and, and you're you're uh, you're uh, you know scot free and did, you're feeling good. Did you rent Castaway? Is that is that <laughs> recently? Were you talking to a, a volleyball? Is that where this came from? Pretty much. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It was just it was something that was tucked away from my my contemplative days in, in college. I believe. <laughs> I just didn't know that you're going so stir crazy that you're talking to a football just like Tom Hanks. You had your own Wilson. You maybe my, my uh, own Wilson, right? Maybe yes. that's what you're doing right now. Good but point. so, but again, at this point in time, a padded practice is is shells considered a padded practice? No, pad, padded practice is considered a helmet and shoulder pad practice. Okay, 
So if you got the eyes and shell, because because that would we we heard would be an absolute revolt from the coaching uh, community if 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 shells is considered a padded practice. That's right. That was something that was a, a massive discussion, and 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 it, it's it stirred a lot of conversation. And and you know we we're still trying to figure out at times. I actually have been knocking around the building asking the coaches and other people, what is your definition of that pad underneath the shoulder pad? I've heard spider. I've heard shell. I've heard. Um, I don't know. I've heard myriad uh, um, definitions of what it's called. I just want to really first. I want to know what it's called. So right. it's kind of funny. I so, don't know what the equipment people call it either. Right. So I know we got to wrap things up because you've got a, you've got a meeting with the big guy, right? Is we do. You? I, we do. I'm looking forward to it with Mr. Blank. We do. Now yes. you what? Again, take us in on that. What is that like? What 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 is the what is what does the owner of an organization want to know in the middle of all this craziness? You know, he wants to sit down and, and be be caught up to date on on where we are with you know with our signings, where we are with our projected signings, um, you know where we are with potential signings, uh, as I mentioned as well as, as salary cap casualties and and uh, just the general you know the general frame of thought here in the in the building and. Uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with him as well because uh, we have some financial discussions and we're trying to be fiscally responsible, but we also have some you know, serious moves to, to consider. And, and, again, we're trying to get our guys signed, and, and our, our offensive line is, is one of the priorities to try to figure out where we're going with that, and, and hopefully we can get uh, accomplish what we need to get accomplished And, and there. will you say at some point, like, player X, can we go up to dollar Y, Mr. Blank? I mean, do you, does he get that specific with, with, with him? Uh, I, th- I think what he needs to know most of the time is um, this is where we possibly will be going or have to go. And Arthur is, is such a competitive guy, and he's been so gracious in the past with us and uh, providing us. It's usually not an issue as long as we can handle it, you know, cash-wise, and as long as we have the room uh, under the cap. And at any point when he says, wow, this is all crazy, uh, will you say to him, well, Mr. Blank, if you and your colleagues had you know, gotten this done? You know, maybe a week earlier. I mean, you know what? do you do you ever do you ever reach that point where you just have to hold your tongue? TV? No, you know what? Uh, Arthur and I have such a great relationship where we're very <laughs> candid with each other. But I, I would really not go down that down that line. I think I think I steer clear. I'd rather talk about the potential food that we have in the building That's as well. That's right. Than, than catering, the, catering. Catering. By yes. the way, he's very excited that we. Uh, have gotten back. Uh, we 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 stored it for a while, but we got back our our soft serve ice cream machine here. <laughs> so he's excited. I'm I'm not that excited because I was pushing for for frozen yogurt, but uh, we're doing all right. Well, yeah, you got got to find the middle ground. There's a gray area for everybody, certainly on food, Thomas. <laughs> hey, thanks for giving everybody an idea of of what is going on, uh, certainly in the operations and the uh, player personnel world right now. It's fascinating stuff, and and good luck with wrapping your head around all this stuff at the same time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on once Look, again, Rich. You bet. That's Thomas Dimitrov of the Atlanta Falcons, general manager in the midst of the craziness, taking some time out to join the podcast. Please be welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast, my, uh, my compadre from many, many years, Dan Patrick. Good to see you, Dan. We're shaking hands right now in we case are. people Off camera? don't know that. Yes. Well, we're here at the EA Madden uh, Pigskin Pro-Am Classic. You and I are about to call play-by-play and... Am I doing the play-by-play? You are. Doing You're doing all the heavy I'm lifting. Doing all the I'm, heavy here. Lifting? I'm here for ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is that the name of your co-host, ambiance? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's been eight years since you and I have, have done uh, a television. 
product together. Really? Eight years. Though. I've been counting. I've been counting. When days. was the last time we did? I had to be Sports Center. Oh wow! In two thousand three. Is that one of those where you said before I go, can I do a show with you? Yeah. Is that how that? Yeah, works? That, that's how it works. That's yeah. how it works. But now, but we're we're back. We're, we're going to be back and and better than ever. I yes. Think. Yeah. It'll, It'll be, be like riding a bike. This will be interesting. <laughs> this will be. I'm really counting on you. Well, I mean, certainly if you know uh, what I expect, which is a Dan Marino to Maria Menounos uh, touchdown play or something like that, you never know what can break out in something like this here. I just hope nothing breaks. <laughs> yeah. Well, as as here's my segue. Speaking of breaking, every two seconds, football news is taking place right now. Yeah. This is 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 this what you pretty much expected? The fan interest returning immediately. Well, I, I think that if you look at what we put the fans through for the last four months, and now you don't even let them enjoy free agency, because right. you have to have a scorecard. I mean, you really need to have something that alerts you on your phone. There needs to be updates just to help you through this, because right. I think you're going to wake up and go, wait a minute, mm -hmm. Kyle Orton's where? Right. Uh, Randy Moss is where? I, I think it's it's almost as if you're it, it's minute by minute, you know, hour by hour type of process here. That that's something that we haven't seen before. Right. But do you do you think fan interest will be as as solid as it's always been yeah. with the NFL? Yeah. Four and a half month lockout did not. They didn't hurt lose them. anything. Now, as as I said to people on my show, do not get invested in it. It will play out. If you start losing things, then I could see where there's anger. Right. Um, I'd still love to see the owners. Do something for the fans. Something simple, even if it's free parking for the first game mm -hmm. or preseason game. Something that says we acknowledge this. Robert Kraft acknowledged this. I thought that, was Saturday. that he apologized. I thought that it was the wonderful. first thing out of his mouth. But Robert Kraft, I want to say I'm sorry to the fans. I, I, I was nodding my head on on the set when I heard him say that. I would love to have the other owners of all the other teams just say that to their fan base. Look, we're sorry. Um, we we mean well. The game was at the you know at the forefront, which it wasn't. I mean, this was a, battle lines were drawn. Everybody going for their piece of the pie. The game was secondary. Now the game is you know front and center. Great. But I think the fans. You didn't lose anything but the Hall of Fame game. Now you move on. You're going to have free agency period, and then we start games, and then the season's going to start. And uh, you know, I think people. It'll be a distant memory. It's not like baseball where we lost a World Series. And the studies will show you lost part of your fan base there, too. Right. I don't think that's going to happen with the NFL. Too strong, and you didn't lose anything that was impactful. What so far that's happened uh, that really leaps out at you, the transactions, obviously quarterback ones are, are one of them, but which one that's happened so far that really uh, hits you? I think when you we always look at the quarterbacks, but I also looked at Santonio Homestand with the Jets was big. You know, at age 27, he's going to get paid. Uh, he could have helped a lot of team. Uh, you know, Asamoah, where's he going? If it comes down to the Jets and the 49ers, I think that's important too. So I think it's easy to look at the quarterbacks, but I do think that there's some of these other players that will make a bigger difference. You know, right. McNabb going to Minnesota, okay, he had no other options. Carson Palmer not going anywhere. Hasselbeck to Tennessee. Cobb will get traded to, you know, Arizona. You know, there, there's musical chairs there, but I do think that you're seeing some of these other guys uh, and some guys getting cut, too. Mm -hmm. Cowboys made a big statement in what they did. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I, I love Orton to Miami. I, I think, think it's I a think great that's a, that's a huge, 
huge. As much as I like Henny, you know, obviously being the Michigan man, but he, he had his shot. And Orton going there, I think, with him with Brandon Marshall hooking up again, we, we saw what yeah. they were able to do in their one year together. I like I Orton. Mean, I always did. I liked him when he was with the Bears. I uh, thought he was underrated there. Denver. He's always going to be one of those guys, when his career's over, you're going to say, you know what, he put up some pretty good numbers. Right. But nobody, almost like a Jeff Garcia. You look at him, you go, he's better than what you think. Right. Uh, but he's never going to be in that upper echelon of quarterback. And uh, I think Miami did did well. They were looking at Vince Young, and you know, maybe they were going to stand pat with Henny. I think they got Orton, and I think you know, getting Orton really that that solidifies that passing game far more than it was. Right. Uh, and what, you know, you're obviously from that area, with the, the, a, a Bengals expert in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> what what a, that Mike Brown press conference was one of the more in, intense back and forths, even though, you know, just, I don't know if it's his way of speaking or, and we all expected the way he would react to the Carson Palmer decision to retire, but just hearing the way he said it, that he's walking away from his commitment, it was really, it was really dramatic in that respect this week. But part of me looks at it and says, I applaud Mike Brown for doing it because they did invest in Carson Palmer. We want you to live up to your contract. Then there's part of me that says the way these contracts are structured, you can cut a guy. An owner has no problem cutting a guy right. with you know, money and time left on his contract. But I think what Mike Brown was saying is, you know what? This is how we do it in my family. This is yeah. how my dad did it. Um, we do it differently than anybody else. And Carson Palmer, look, we invested in you. This is personal. I'm taking this personal. I'm not going to reward you. Right. Chad Ochocinco could have told Carson Palmer, hey, you can say you want out or you want more money. You know what they say? So that's what happened with Carson Palmer. I think eventually the fan base is going to say to Mike Brown, what can we get for him to make us better? I like the draft. I love Dalton. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Green I love, too. You could get a number two. You could get a second-round pick for Carson Palmer, third-round pick. And uh, so... To, to sit there and be obstinate and say, I'm not going to reward him by giving him the exit visa that he wants. I mean, you, you are still cutting your nose off yes. despite your face. And yeah, but you have to say to the other players, this isn't about Carson Palmer as much as it is about all the other players who may want to consider but doing Cutler this. got his way out. I mean, quarterbacks have gotten their way yeah, out. Yeah, but Ocho's even said that, that quarterbacks can do that. But look know? at the label on Cutler. You know, when, when he said, I want out, right. okay, you got out. Well, the other players notice how you get out of these things, mm-hmm. you know, whining and moaning. And uh, Carson Palmer was a pretty good soldier there in Cincinnati. Do you realize he's only played six years in the NFL? All right, I know. I mean, he was an old guy getting into the NFL. He could have, he could have, uh, he has another decade in him if he wants to. I mean, maybe, you never, you maybe. Never I, I just think there's questions about it. knee and shoulder and elbow and all those things. But I think eventually the Bengals will say, what if we can get a first-round pick, right. then you trade him. Mm-hmm. And he's worth a first-round pick. If you look at what some of these other guys are getting, he's somebody who comes in right away, would upgrade Seattle, uh, would upgrade San Francisco. He starts right away, and he's going to be there. But you have to be careful. You know, Kaepernick in San Francisco, how long does he wait before it's his job? Exactly. Seattle, Taurus Jackson? I mean, uh, I, you, you're, you're preaching to the choir there. Seattle, um, I would have said. Here's the one that I don't know what's going on. is the Redskins quarterback situation. I mean, you, you're in this division where you got Vic, Eli Manning, <laughs> Tony Romo. This is the division of star. This is basically uh, 60 to 70% of your games are in division are going to be nationally televised. This is, this is the, the division everyone focuses on. 
and you are going to go with Beck or or you're going with Rex Grossman. I, I, I don't get that. They, get, they signed Kellen Clemens this week, too. I just don't see how well, they're going to go Well, you also have Shanahan, who, who wants to have a quarterback that he can say, all right, now run my offense. Wow. But if John Beck is the guy and you start I think the Beck season is. and they start, you know, they get Santana Moss, they re-sign him, and you start off one and three, two and six, and you're set. I mean, that honeymoon would be over with a capital O. I, 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 would you why wouldn't, I, 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 You can't go get Cobb, but you can... Why wouldn't they be in the Orton sweepstakes? But why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you be in the Cobb sweepstakes? Well, because I don't know if they, the Eagles would go ahead and trade you another. <laughs> well, they I traded mean, you I mean, now. I know that. They, they were willing to part. I don't know if they go ahead and do that as well. Is so, Cobb good? That's the question. I mean, I, he was the one deal that was already done, and everybody loved that's Kevin Cobb. We, that's what we were talking about on NFL He's Network all week. Is that, the, the, the 2009 Cobb, everyone would have traded yes. for immediately. The 2010 <laughs> Cobb, maybe not so much. And so you don't, you just don't know what I, you're going to get. I'm amazed that we love we can we can label a quarterback great right away. Right, I know. know. And I don't, I don't. I, I, but if, sure. you're the, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, I, you have no choice. No choice. But they gave up. You give up. Cromarty Rogers. I yep. mean, listen, that's a big give. That's a big pickup for the Eagles, in my opinion. Hey, listen, I don't know what 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 choice the Arizona Cardinals have after what they did last year. Larry Fitzgerald's time's a wasting. What did I call him, Cromarty Rogers or Rogers? It's, it's, you just go DRC. 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 Okay, that's what the kids are calling. Oh, okay, DRC. And I know, and we, a pick too. We are now we are now plugged into what the kids know because we're, we're involved with the Madden game. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I'm big in the house uh, this week with my son. Is that right? Yeah, he goes, are you going to be on the game? I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, then why are you doing it? I said, um, I don't know. I said, it, be, it's like, fun. Like, yeah. It's fun. They yeah. changed Bryant Park here in New York City into a football this field. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good. I just hope nobody gets hurt here, Rich. Well, last year, Irvin hurt his Achilles. He did. Did he? Yeah. Irvin did. He played hurt on on uh, on NFL Network all year long. But again, I understand you are you are doing your own football night in America thing while we're doing our thing, and it's friendly. It's friendly. It's all good. It's all good. Now it's cross pollination. We're all yeah. in it for the betterment of the NFL. For the shield. Yes. For the shield. Yes. I mean, you Very represent important. the league. We represent the fans. I represent the fans. Football night, America. Oh, I, I see. Football what you're night in America. In America. America. I represent America. Thank you, brother. Booyah. Stan Patrick joining me on the show again. Two of the best running backs of all time. And I'm not just saying that because they're sitting with me here uh, getting through the raindrops here in Manhattan outside. But it's the truth. Uh, Hall of Famer Barry Sanders, good to see you. Great to be here. Thrilled to have you on the podcast. And soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Thanks for having me, Marshall Falk back on the podcast. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Do you you have any advice for Marshall, who's going into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame? Coming up in 10 days from now, pretty much? Oh, man. You know, just enjoy the experience. You know, it's going to Canton um, is just a remarkable day and weekend. And, um, you know, being there with all the greats of the game, it's, uh, yeah, it's just just take it all in, enjoy it. Um, it's, it's, it's an absolutely thrill of a lifetime. Do you, do you, uh, do you remember much about that weekend <laughs> yeah, at all, Barry? Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah. it just, because oh, well, it would strike me it would be sort of like a wedding, you know, where right, where right. it's all a blur and, you know, and I don't know the, the last time that you uh, watched the video well, of it or anything like that, but. I mean, just just the way that people, um, just the way people flock to Canton 
hardcore football fans, um, and and obviously, um, you know, you have many of your teammates and people that that were instrumental in your life, um, you know, and, and like a lot of guys that play football, um, you know, people that were coaches or people that just just cared about you, wanted to see you do well, you know, and and uh, you know, I think about you know just all the people that you know, so many shoulders I know that I I, I stand on that allowed me to, to be um, uh, in Canton, you know, and so yeah, it's just uh, you know, and so. So it's just a remarkable experience, um, and um, and you know the other the obviously your your uh, Hall of Fame brethren, you know who's there to, to support you and, and cheer you on and, and uh, yeah you know just enjoy it man you know enjoy it it goes fast you know it goes fast is that something you've heard correct <laughs> Rich listen these these last five years that I've been retired working with you right and the rest of the crew at the NFL Network it went fast. The time from when I heard the announcement in Dallas to now, it's gone fast. And I'm sure, you know, the next week is going to go even faster. But um, I've been trying to do exactly what Barry said, which is enjoy it. Savor the moment because there's so much chaos in getting people situated and making sure within your speech, you don't forget the peoples, the people whom help you get to where you're at. So, um Taking it one day at a time. I imagine you are. I am. Are you done with your speech? I am. I am done with it. Um, I'm trying not to tweak it anymore. This many, is it. How many pages? You won't. You won't reveal. No. No. Why? Pages lets people know how long. Well, You're a savvy guy. Spaced. It could be single spaced. But you know better than that. The margins could be. You know better than that. <laughs> okay. So, but, but it is. It is written out, right? Yes. It is written out. Yes. You have not committed it to memory like Michael Irvin did or anything. I have. Okay, so you've committed to memory. Yes, yes. What did you do? Did you did you just speak off the cuff? Barry? I did. I did. Well, you didn't have any notes, right? I, I didn't have any notes with me. I mean, I, I went over it. I rehearsed it. Yeah, you know, I wrote some things down. Right. You know, but but uh, as I got into it, I just um, it, it's very natural. You know, it's very natural when, especially when you know you're there, you see. So many of those people there that touched you, and right. and, uh, and obviously you, you had a time leading up to it to reflect on a lot of that. So yeah, I uh, you know I just kind of discarded the notes after a while. They, they don't, so they don't keep you. They don't keep you like to a certain number of no, minutes no, now. No, no, oh, no, they no. don't. Okay, you can go. Yeah, okay, I mean, you can go. They try to. They give you. They give you parameters as to okay, we need you to work in this this time frame of like 15 minutes. Now that's what they do, but right. but pretty much. We can get you a drink of water. You want? Do you need some water? I'm good. So uh, we were talking about your your preparation of this thing, and you you said you didn't have any notes. Pretty much, you went improvising. And, I, and you are, I, I need you were... I need notes, uh, and I don't need notes because I can't memorize everything. But Rich, I mean, I, I've traveled such a long road to get where I'm at. Um, I would hate, hate, hate to forget someone. That I re- that that that's really important to me, mm-hmm. and not thank them. Um, I cannot imagine walking off that that podium after that moment in my life and not saying thank you to a specific person sure. who helped me get there. I I don't, I don't want to make that mistake. I just don't, you know. And uh, I I trust my memory. I believe in my memory, but. 
I want to have backup. When it comes right down to it. Yes. You, you need to make sure you got that thing. Yes. Right. When you went in, Barry, who were you most excited to see who was already in that made you feel, wow, I'm now part of this club? Who was that that was there? The person that made me feel most excited, um, probably like Marcus Allen. The Marcus Allens, um, let me think back, you know, the Marcus Allens, um, you know, Gail Sayers. Sure. Um, you know, guys like that, that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've always been uh, sort of a, a student, you know, of running backs, just studying running backs. And, and, um, and so, you know, being on that podium and, and enjoying that particular weekend with those type of guys, Jim Brown. That's the name I should have said first. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry Mr. about that, Brown. Mr. Brown. Mr. Sorry Brown. Sorry about that, Mr. Brown. Jim Brown. I mean, that's that's about you know, that's it. like that's like the the official stamp of approval. Okay, you're you're in a league with Jim Brown. You're in you're in the Hall of Fame. You know, you had um, you're in a group of of, of uh, elite group of men. You know that had an impact on the game. Not necessarily the same way Jim Brown did, but but um, but um, you know, in some ways similar. And uh, so yeah, you see you see. You know, guys like that. For me, it was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, this is uh, this is big. This is real. This is the thing that I watched all my life. Uh, this is I watched this all my life. I, I've seen this get, these guys on the stadium on on this this podium. You know, as a kid. You know, I mean, they're watching them play play as a kid. Um, you know, so that that makes it very real. And now you're gonna be part of that mix. Too. I am. I am. And for me, Rich, I'm, I've been fortunate enough that throughout my career and, and, and in working in the media with guys like Barry and Emmett, Thurman, um, uh, Eric, Marcus. I'm, I'm friends with these guys off the field. Right. I know them. So seeing them there and and um, and listening to after I get done what they have to say about what I said and my message, it's going to be special. But um, if I look back on uh, my upbringing and watching football. Um, if there's a guy that I would love to meet, and I know I won't get, won't ever get a chance, I would love to. Once I am enshrined and I and I get done with that speech, I would love to turn and walk away and and, and shake his hand because for a you know 200 pound 510 back, uh, it was the it was a league of big backs, but this guy made it possible for us. Was is Walter Payton, and he's not here. You know, I would love to turn around and say thank you. So after it's all said and done, Sunday I will walk into the Hall of Fame and walk up to his bus and introduce myself to him as I did once before because the guy that drafted me, Bill Tobin, told me that, hey, your size, your build, you can play in this league and be successful because the guy I drafted in Chicago and Walter Payton was your size. So, um so Walter Payton, if Walter Payton didn't do what he did, you don't think I don't think you so. guys would have been I, able to I don't to think the little back had a chance. You got to think about what Franco Harris, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson—they were big backs, right? You know, they were they were big, six foot, two hundred and fifteen to twenty pound backs. That's that's what the league was all about. But a full time guy, and and Walter Payton, basically let everybody know that guys like us, we can play every down. And carried alone for multiple years. You would agree with that? Well, I, th- I think I think he certainly made a lot of people a believer. You know, guys like Walter and Tony Dorsett, um, guys like that. You know, but Walter, right? I mean, he ran he ran 
so much bigger yes. than his frame um, would indicate. I mean, this guy ran so big, and, and um, it's, it's just remarkable. You, you would think that the guy was, you know, 6'3", you know, 240, you know. Right. <laughs> looking at, looking at the, way, the way he ran the ball, um, the impact he had on the game, you know, and, uh, and he, he, was a, he was a beautiful runner um, and just, just strong as a bull. And you just, you know, and so I, I, I certainly think that it would have been, been tougher um, for, for smaller guys had it not been guys like that. Um, because, you know, there was certainly that sort of trend and belief um, at a certain time, you know, that, you know, can, can a little guys, you know, can a guy under six feet, mm-hmm. you know, 5'10", 200 pounds, can, can that guy get it done? Um, you know, and so it, it just it just goes back to show you that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's heart, you know, and, and it's a lot of other things besides just, you know, those measurables. That's my next question is what would you guys, Hall of Fame running back, about to be exactly called that forevermore? Not future, actual. What is the one attribute? If somebody's saying, well, what makes a running back best? Could you pick one attribute, Barry? Yeah, I would. I would. I would say. Uh, I would say will. I would say will. will. Yeah, I would say will determination. Um, I think. I think it's something that you have to really want to do it. I think. You know, Why? You, that, well, because you know. At running back, you know, almost like quarterback, you, you're definitely a marked man, um, and, and especially if you're a, an elite running back, um, you, you're, you're, you, you are a, a marked man uh, from day one. Um, they, they want a piece of you, and um, and you know, so I, I think you can have obviously, ta- you know, you have to have talent, um, you have to have skill and, and speed, you know, a certain amount of speed and all that, but you certainly have to want to do it because. There, there are times where you know it's not easy, um, it's, it's tough, and, uh, and and you know you know they're coming after you. They may have gotten a good shot on you, you know, and and uh, and you know you have to really want to be Did out. Anyone there. ever really get a good shot on you though? You, hey, you, in, in that game, you're going to get hit. You know, Did you're going anyone, to get. You're going I'll, to I'll get, ask <laughs> you then, Marshall. Did anybody ever you're get a good hit, hit on Barry Sanders? It never appeared to be uh, that way, and that's what I love about watching him play. Um, it never, and, and, and it was almost like he he instilled fear into the defender that if you take this shot and miss, it's over. It's touchdown. So I, I, I'm just going to try to tackle you or maybe stand in front of you and wait for the cavalry to come. <laughs> and half the time, that didn't work. Um, I, I say this all the time. Uh, in my days of watching sports, there's two guys that I sat on the edge of my seat and waited for something great to happen. Barry Sanders and Michael Jordan. I mean, I was I always waited for something great to happen because I knew it was going to. And he can make a five-yard gain look great. I mean, I've never seen getting back to the line of scrimmage look so amazing. But Barry would do that. And, and Michael had that ability too. And Will would be the, but uh, yeah, I, I mean that is some pretty high praise. Yeah, right? it is. It's also I must say uh, I must say, both also left the game before people thought they should leave the game. I know Michael came back, but you left the game before people thought you should have left the game, Barry. I know you probably get this question asked millions of times. I have in fact asked you this question before, but I want to ask it again. Do you at all think about had you continued to play? In the NFL, what what things would have been like for you? No, I, you know I really don't. Um, 
I think um, for me that you know the the most difficult time most difficult time about retirement for me was the days leading up to it uh, and and you know that, that was probably the hardest time after after uh, afterwards you know I, I felt like I made the right once choice. you pulled the ripcord yeah but yeah, what, were you, what, what were you what were you you don't mind me asking what were you going back and forth agonizing about, about well I mean I, you know I, I I've been playing sports all my life I mean it was such a part of me uh, but I knew that that just you know a certain amount of that love for the game um, to, to continue being a professional athlete um, and that drive that that I felt like I needed to have I, I felt like I had lost enough of that the will um, yeah mm-hmm. was it yeah. the losing is that what it was you know I, I, I mean I'm, I'm sure that was part of it I'm sure that had I been in a different situation you know um, things could have been different you know I mean you that, that's why you play the game obviously and, and um, and back during that time, I, you know, I, I definitely felt like it would have been a, a, a pretty high hill to climb um, uh, during those years, with, you know, in, no, in that situation. Um, but it, it was that, but it was, but it was also, I, I think I played for 10 years and, and just had, had, you know, done enough in the game. Were you disappointed when? Oh, when without Barry, a doubt. Without a doubt, because, um, you know, <laughs> You asked why you leave the game when other people think you you shouldn't have left. Um, because you don't want to leave the game when people think you should not be there. You know, uh, my days that people remember me playing, they're great. I didn't I didn't have bad years that they were like, okay, he should hang it up. Right. He didn't have bad years that people felt like. He should hang it up, and I, I and, and I know for me, and I in following his career, you get tired of coaching changes. And I before I got to the Rams, I had several when I was in Indy, and going from Mike going from Coach Vermeer to Mike Barnes was easy because he was a part of it. And Barry went through a lot of coaching changes too. You just don't want to go through another one that late in your career because when coaching changes comes, two a days it comes. Rededication. You have to prove yourself, regardless of what status you are, to to other people. And you just don't want you, you, the dedication has to be there, Rich. And if there's a an ounce of doubt, it's not there. When it's there, you know you're ready to go. And when when you have to think about it, there's a problem. Right. Lastly, uh, who would you want to see? Who would you pay to see today, out there? Current running backs in the NFL. Current running backs. Who do you, who do you look at and go, wow, that kid is really super talented? Who's that? Barry? I, I think there. I think there's a good group. I think there's a good group of backs. Um, you know, I I, uh, I I would have to say that I'm I'm still trying to figure out, you know, whether we have a group that's Hall of Fame backs, or or just really really good backs, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and as I watch, that's kind of one of the things that I think about. Um, but I, I enjoy watching. Um, I enjoy watching Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Um, I enjoy watching Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, I think, you know, another guy that um, kind of small of stature, but just plays big and very powerful. You know, he, he, you know, I've said before he runs a lot bigger than I, I, I ever did. I mean, 
um, and uh, but very slippery. He's powerful, but very slippery. Um, and um, you know, guys like that. I mean, Chris Johnson. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do over these next couple of years. Um, you know, with people uh, knowing what he's capable of, and uh, you know, with a target on his back. I mean, he did. He had a pretty good year last year. Um, so those are just you know some of the guys that I'll be looking at. And what do you what do you think about when you think about Marshall's game? Oh, Mar- Marshall, man. I mean, he he was amazing because you know obviously what he did from from the running back position what he could do out in, in pass routes. Um, I guess the term has been used sort of the hybrid. Um, you know, he, he was phenomenal. Um, I think, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember him, I don't remember him being the type of um, asset in the receiving game as, as a young player. And maybe he did, but I don't, I don't it's like, for, you know, at some point he became this, you know, this incredible receiver out of the backfield. And, and you see a lot of guys gifted athletes, wonderfully gifted running runners that they cannot do that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you see guys like Marshall, you see with Thurman Thomas, uh, and, you know, you know, it takes a very unique skill to be able to do that. So he was, he was a fabulous performer uh, with the ball in his hands and, and certainly just fun to watch and, and a guy that I, I watched uh, when I had a chance to. It's Barry Sanders. Thank, I thank him for that, Russ. <laughs> I thank you for that. True. You, you, you don't get a guy that you you idolized, you know, summing up your game and what he thought of it. But well, um, that's that's the beauty of professional football, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that played the game, like myself, who is a fan, like Barry, played the game at a high level, and he is a fan as well. Well, it's also not the it's the podcast just making dreams come true, Marshall. But you've you, you've seen it you've seen it happen before. Here it is again. This is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having for coming us. On. Thank you. Barry Sanders, hey. you're the man. My pleasure. Good to see My you. Pleasure. This is, Marshall this is like Make-A-Wish. This is like, this is, yes, I get to be with Barry. It's a good thing. Right, there right. you go. Okay. It's, Come on it's, now. it's Come all on good. Now. It's, Come on now. He's <laughs> a hero of mine. There he is. Like a, He's your running back. Yeah. It's like, you're running back. Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders here on the Rich Johnson Podcast. All right, what a podcast this has been. Michael Lombardi, Jason Lockenfora, Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Patrick. Again, on August the 28th on NBC, you can watch that flag football game celebrating the launch of Madden 12. Um, also want to thank uh, the guys you just heard. What a thrill. Barry Sanders together with Marshall Falk. We're getting set to go to Canton next week on NFL Network. We'll be all over that. Kara uh, Henderson, who will soon return to the podcast. She's been out and about. She's been on walkabout getting some... Uh, some much-needed R&R before returning to this madness this week where we've been on the air 24-7. She will be holding down the Canton Fort for us starting Thursday, August 4th, which is also the date of the next podcast coming out next week. I'll be joined by Al Michaels in studio, Hank Azaria, the star of Smurfs. He plays Gargamel in the theater near you this weekend. He will be in studio, and we'll get Jason Bateman on the phone, the star of The Change-Up coming out the following weekend. That's all next week on the Rich Eisen podcast. But we have some uh, uh, business to finish up and conduct, some podcast business before we wrap things up. And audio uh, producer of the podcast, Chris Law. Yes. Good to see you, sir. Thank you very much. What do you have there in your hands? 
Uh, you have, have a tablet. Don't mention what, a, what I have type a tablet of okay. in, in my hands here. Uh, we pulled up the at at the Eisen podcast. We've gotten a lot of tweets. How uh, many how many followers do we have at the Eisen podcast just, right now? We're up to almost about two thousand now. No way. Almost at two thousand. All right. So That's I'm, a quality number. We appreciate that. Very quality. Uh, and again, last week, uh, uh, download the Brian Cranston podcast if you haven't heard it. Man, that was a great conversation. Forty minutes plus with one of the best actors of of our time right now, um, and. Uh, and he, uh, he, we mentioned how he's, I guess he's a big jokester, a big prankster on the set, and how he likes to break people up by sticking fruit down his pants. So I mentioned that maybe you should use a specific fruit the next time he did that. And we use that as the, a trivia question. If you go to at the Rich Eisen podcast and follow us and answer the question correctly, which fruit did I suggest that he use, we will choose five at random and give away DVD copies of, of, uh, of season three of Breaking Bad, right? Absolutely. And uh, it is at the Eisen podcast. It's a tough thing. We couldn't get okay. the rich Eisen podcast. That's, right. That's too long anyway. Too long Because, anyway. I mean, you want to be able to tweet something. Uh, so at the Eisen podcast, you had to follow us. And then uh, basically just say the word Kiwi, right? Say the word Kiwi and they win. We, we didn't know how we were going to do it. First five best responses. So kind of thinking just we random? have this just beautiful tablet here. We could do a little... Tablet roulette. Like Mark. you spin it. You, you just, just spin the wheel almost. So it's, it's like the showcase showdown it's, from The Price is Right. You just take your finger and you just whiz, and then you find someone that says the word Kiwi, and, and they win it. Yep, we just stop it. And then they what they should do is just tweet their address. Yeah, what right? we'll do is we'll follow them uh, back, oh. and then we can DM each other, and we can get your address. Yeah. And uh, you'll get a nice little FedEx package courtesy of the NFL. Nice. Well, two-day ground, I'm sure, right? Two-day ground. Okay. Two-day ground. Um, you are Got to can't bust the budget here. We, we do have five copies. One of them is a Rich Eisen game-used copy. Uh, we did have to open one of those copies. <laughs> right. We got a so, – so one lucky winner will get a uh, game, game-worn game okay. Copy if you will. Fantastic. Okay, uh, spin spin the spin the tablet, uh, Chris Law. Spin the tablet. All right, let's let's do the first one. Here. Here's the first one. The first winner is who do we have? We have big with two G's. S R U S. Big. I guess that's Bigs Russ. I guess his name is Scott Bigley. Right, he's from Kalua, Hawaii. From Hawaii, of course he would know what Kiwi is. He wrote the password is Kiwi. Well, Scott, nice. all I have to say is what, Hakuna Matata? Is that what I say? I don't know. What do you say to um, someone in Hawaii? Mahalo. 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 Or Mahalo. Okay. Or as you know, your old colleague I'm said, aloha means goodbye. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Larry Beal. All right. Here we go again. Next winner of the season three DVD of Breaking Bad is? G.I. Joe 7581. All right. G.I. Joe 7581 wrote Kiwi. Kiwi. All right, you're starring each one of these, right? So I'm remember? starring. I'm okay. favoriting these, so we'll remember them. Okay. Listen There's back. three more DVD copies of season three of Breaking Bad to go here, and the winner of uh, is next one is J Man Eight. J Man Eight. No location on J Man Eight, unfortunately. Nice. Then that's not new. Ohio State University. Uh-oh. Oh, fellow Big Teners no. here. Here's but here's the thing. I will overlook the whole Buckeye hatred that I have. But I have to. I mean, the bottom line is, hey, Buckeyes are, are people too. This and, is, and this they, is true. And he wrote in Kiwi and he wins. Two All more right, here. Let's get another one here. Two more here. Here we go. All right. Tim C. Pruitt. Tim C. Pruitt 
wrote Kiwi, huge fan of the podcast. Need season three to catch up on the spoilers from the Great Cranston interview. I didn't did it. I didn't spoil much. And whatever I said I was going to spoil, I gave a spoiler alert. You gave a fair warning. I thought I did. Can't ask for okay. much more than that. There's one more to go. Correct. We got one more left here. Let's make it a one good last one. Here. One last one. One, one, one last spin. without going over. Without going over. Uh, Steve underscore bats. Someone squatting on Steve bats. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to squat on Steve Bats. You don't want that underscore in Stevie there. Stevie Bats. Steve underscore Bats. Okay, so if, uh, if you heard your name here on Twitter, um, we will now follow you at the Eisen Podcast. You DM us your address, yep, and you win. Now, do we, what if they? What if they? What if they sleep on this for a week? Do well, we then, do we then yeah, choose? We let's do that. If you snooze, you lose. Is that the rule? I'll be at Hall of Fame with you for that one. Yes, we'll, you will. Uh, we'll uh, all right. If, if we don't hear from you in the next seven, six, seven days, we'll uh, get you a new winner lose. in there. You snooze, snooze or lose. lose. Okay, those are the rules here. Uh, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, again, next week, uh, leading up to the Hall of Fame, Al Michaels, Hank Azaria, Jason Bateman. That's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Let freedom ring. We made it through the rain. Lockout over. Football is back, everybody. Stay listening. 